Catharsis contains mature language, content, and themes, including discussions of suicide. Please listen with care. The seat of these swings used to be bigger and more comfortable. (laughs) Maybe you were just smaller. Even when nothing changes, it's still not the same. This used to be where you would go to solve your problems. Sneak out of the house and entertain yourself for hours. Sometimes play with the other kids who came with permission. Sometimes just like this. Alone, contemplating the universe. Much like you, your problems were smaller then. Maybe a bad grade in math, or the time you dropped mom's porcelain sugar bowl. I remember the look on her face when you finally confessed. She was so pissed. I liked the first time you came here. A playground just a bit too far from home. Your meanie big sister wouldn't let you burn down the house trying to cook pizza in the fireplace, so you ran away, leaving yours truly to clean up the burnt cheese on the decorative logs ran until you didn't know where you were anymore and you just wanted to go home. I think this is where you sat, just swinging and crying, waiting for someone to call out your name and find you. There you are. I was looking for you. Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis, starring Xander Hildenbrandt, Jordan Lopez, and Luna Madison. Part 2. Denial. Written by Alexa Fetfisher. Also starring Stephen Kallenberg. There you are. I was looking for you. And now you're found. Not by who you wanted, but found nonetheless. Although, is there still a home for you to go back to? Hey. Sorry. I left my phone at home. It's alright. This was only the second place I looked. Oof. I think I got too fat for this. Your ass is great. Don't change. I never said it wasn't. These are just some unrealistic derriere standards. 
Almost like swings are made for preschool-sized wrens, but... That tush was also glorious. I'm not commenting on your prepubescent posterior. You don't have to. I know it was perfect. I told you I was going to annoy you into submission if you started avoiding me. You're not annoying, and I'm not avoiding. You left your phone at home. Do you know what year it is? That's like leaving your right arm at home. Time abroad was supposed to make me more worldly and connected to my surroundings. I'm just trying to play into the stereotype. You're trying to avoid talking about things that make you uncomfortable. I successfully avoided talking about it the past five months. Why would that change now? Because there's no longer a language barrier. Or maybe because of the new information. Your parents telling you about Sammy. I'm not pushing you to talk. I'm just letting you know I'm here for you if you want to. You've already done more than enough, Ren. I'm still not sure that I went about it the right way, though. Pulling you out of lecture right after your parents told me about Sammy. What else could you have done? They called you, not me. They told you and gave you the burden of being the messenger. Who does that? I am glad I was able to be there for you, though. I wouldn't have wanted you to find out while you were alone. As much as it sucked, I'm glad David included me yesterday. I wouldn't want you to hear about that alone, either. Maybe I should be thankful they decided to tell me at all. I mean, if they kept the fact that Sammy hurt herself secret for this long, I should be grateful they bothered to fill me in about it now. Or even that they told you when she died. That they didn't leave it as a, welcome home, you're an only child now, surprise. Meg. I know. I know. I'm being irrationally harsh as a method of coping with emotional trauma. <laughs> I'd say this is more mildly petty than irrationally harsh. Wow, a downgrade from spicy to mild. Now that's harsh. Stay mild, Meg. Too much spice gives me heartburn. Besides, I love it when you're petty. But am I wrong to be petty here? Be however you want to be. But other than feeling irrationally harsh... How are you feeling? I guess... kind of in shock? This isn't going how I thought it would. Meg, you know it frustrates me when you try to extrapolate from incomplete data. I can reasonably fill in small blanks. This was just a giant gaping hole I didn't even know was there. You never asked. Not once in five months. I thought maybe you didn't want to know. Mom said that her heart stopped. People only say that when it's the actual cause of death. A surprise illness or something. Yeah. Leave it to Catherine to be purposely vague. Maybe you got your avoidance issues from her. I'm pretty sure psychoanalyzing your friends goes against some code of ethics you should be following. Subject continues projecting as a means to avoid questioning. I wasn't avoiding anything. I just assumed mom would tell me the whole truth. Hmm. There's a phrase about assuming. Something about you're an ass? 
Considering you called my ass great a few moments ago, I'll take that as a compliment. I was just expecting one big thing, you know? Adjusting to being back without Sammy. To having her death feel real now. Then my parents dropped this truth bomb, and it's like I took two steps back. You can't just flip a switch to jump to emotional acceptance, Meg. No, I know it's not that simple. I thought I would at least start feeling it. But it's just as impossible here as it was abroad. Didn't feel real to me either. Not when we weren't here. Really? You too? Of course. I've known Sammy as long as I've known you. She wasn't my best friend, but I knew and grew up with her. The suddenness of it was just... It was jarring. The idea that someone could die so young was just something that never crossed my mind as a possibility. Because it wasn't possible. We were supposed to go and have adventures and come back and brag about it. We were also supposed to learn a thing or two, you know. It was a year abroad. I learned culture and worldliness and shit. You're doing it again. Avoiding the topic. <sighs> it was easier to pretend it wasn't real when we were on the other side of the world. And you're still trying to pretend? No. It just... It doesn't feel real. But more than that, this doesn't feel right, either. You're probably still going through the stages of grieving. That's why it still feels wrong or fake. I want to find what's both. What feels real and right. It's going to take some time to get there, Meg. Ren, you didn't talk with Sammy like I did, but... Do you really think she could have hurt herself? If you had asked me before she died, I would have said maybe. Maybe? Seriously? I mean, she was very driven and had all the personality to go along with that. I wasn't her therapist, so I have no idea what was going on in her head when we last saw her, but... She wasn't doing well over the holidays. She said she was stressed because work was busy, that's all. That's what she said, yeah, but... But she's never been depressed or anxious, definitely never suicidal. Not that we know of. Sammy is just so perfect, you know? Everything she does is just flawless. Hurting herself doesn't make sense. Sammy put a lot of pressure on herself. That's kind of how she thrived. Wasn't she voted most likely to succeed and most stressed in high school? And yeah, I can see why you think she's perfect, but I don't think she knew how to handle failure. That isn't healthy. So you really think Sammy did this? Given that it's what your parents said happened, yes. Don't you? No. The thought never crossed my mind until my parents told us. Mm. Honestly, I had my suspicions that this is what happened. What? And you never said anything? It was after the fact. 
I mean, Sammy died suddenly at 29. Your parents were vague. It was either, like you said, some random medical abnormality or opioids. Sammy would never use drugs. Or this. Why didn't you say something? It wouldn't have changed anything. I didn't want to put that idea in your head, just in case it was something like a brain aneurysm. If I was wrong, I didn't want you to imagine Sammy like that. But now I am anyway. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't know if it would have made it any better for you to prepare you for the possibility of... of this. No, I... It just doesn't make sense. Not with the sister that I knew. And you need it to make sense. To find out the why before you'll accept it. Should I be in an armchair rather than on a swing set, doctor? Wherever you're most comfortable, this is a safe space. <laughs> you're so full of shit. But also full of training. So do you want a partner in your sense-making mission? Only if that partner is you. I think I owe it to her. To understand Sammy. To know what really happened. Okay. If that's what you want, I'm with you. I know you are. Thanks, Ren. Always and forever. If you don't have any plans today, I think I know where I'd like to start. You are my plans. What are you thinking? Did my parents mention where they buried Sammy? It's not an ugly place to spend eternity. Honestly, I kind of like it. It's a place I would have picked if I had the choice. Lots of grass, a few old trees, somewhere between suburban and rural. There's a cornfield on the other side of the state road. And if you look over that way, where all the headstones are flush against the ground, you can forget what this place is and why people visit. No. I wish your dad was more specific with the location. We should count ourselves fortunate he remembered the name of the place. Maybe we should have waited for your mom. Or asked for them to come with us. I don't really want to do this with them. Not right now. <sighs> You're gonna make me go to the office and ask for a map, aren't you? I can't make you do anything. But I can give you really sad eyes until you do... Ugh, fuck. I'll be right back. For a place with so many graves, it feels abandoned here. Like you're the only person for miles. The only person to visit in eons. Maybe it's the graveyard of abandoned souls. A nice enough place to not feel guilty about leaving your loved ones, but just a bit too far to visit often. An excuse to avoid the uncomfortable doesn't feel haunted, though. No angry, dejected spirits roaming about, mine or others. 
at least not in the light of day. You don't feel any ghosts here. You don't feel anything here. Not that you've felt much of anything at all, really. No moments of unexplained peace, no coincidences that could be chalked up to something spiritual. You dreamed of Ginger one more time after your beloved pet crossed the Rainbow Bridge, but it's been months. You've never seen my face in your dreams. Not even once. Maybe it's like you've been saying. Your subconscious brain still thinks it isn't real and so doesn't dream it. But you wonder, for a moment, if it's something more sinister. If maybe I'm not allowed to visit you in your dreams like Ginger was. If there were rules for when souls can visit their loved ones to comfort them. And if, maybe, taking your own life breaks those rules. That maybe you will never see me again. Alive. In your dreams. In this life or the next. I've got your stupid map. And they circled where Sammy is. Thanks. <laughs> Let's see. This can't be right. But there it is, written in black and white on literal stone. Our parents only used our full names when we were in trouble. And seeing it here makes you wonder just what kind of trouble your big sister is in. It's too small. The only epitaph is beloved daughter. But like you said, it's too small. It couldn't fit the and sister on there as well. They didn't forget about you. I know you love me. I swear. It's supposed to be smaller, Meg. These aren't for burials, they're for- Cremations. Yeah, I know, just... What the fuck? It's unnerving, isn't it? To you, your big sister was larger than life. And the idea that someone so magnificent could ever fit in such a small box seems to go against the laws of physics. There's a little vase stuck to the side of the vault, matching all the other little vases on all the other occupied spaces. Cookie-cutter real estate, even in the afterlife. The vase is only big enough for a single flower, and that seems wrong, too. You think I deserve to be covered in bouquets of every color of the rainbow, not limited to a single half-wilted rose. This isn't right. It's not a bad spot, Meg. It's actually pretty beautiful out here. No, I mean... All this doesn't add up. Sammy is as Catholic as our mom, but she supposedly committed this mortal sin, still had a Catholic burial mass, but then it's cremated? Mom would never have allowed that. Maybe it's what Sammy wanted. Our mom never cared about what we wanted if it didn't match what she wanted for us. Something else is going on. Meg? Jake? Oh. Oh, Jacob. We're so sorry. Meg, Ren, you're back. I... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It was always difficult for you to get a read on Jake, wasn't it? No real unique hobbies, personality traits, or quirks. The only interesting thing about him was that he volunteered at the local rescue organization socializing puppies. <laughs> but that might have been because he secretly was an awkward puppy himself. <sighs> oh, I'm crushing the flowers. I'm so sorry. A lost puppy that attached himself to your sister. Maybe you thought I could do better? 
but we always seemed happy together. Holding hands, his smile lit up a room, and I... It was the only time you've ever seen your high-strung big sister... Relax. It was a minor miracle. Are those for Sammy? They're beautiful. I try to replace the old ones before they wilt, but I'm never sure what she'll like, so I always bring a bunch. Pink. Sammy's favorite color was pink. Yeah, but it was always pink flowers for the first few months. I think she might like some variety. As much as you thought there were better men out there, you never said so out loud. Mostly because of moments like this. Jake always was the way he is now. Doting. Constantly and in every way possible. It used to make you roll your eyes and fake gag, but now your eyes are holding back tears instead. I should have tried to come by sooner. To see you, I mean. Catherine and David told me when you would be back, but I... Well, I wasn't sure when they would tell you. Or if you needed time to adjust, culture shock and whatnot. That's considerate of you, Jacob. They told us. About Sammy. They said that she hurt herself. Jake isn't particularly good-looking. He isn't wealthy in a prestigious career or extraordinarily intelligent. What he does have, the only trait you can understand my being attracted to, is the kindness of his heart. How compassionate he is to others and how deep his emotions run. And that's what you choose to attack. To lash out at when you're the one in pain. Yeah, it must be a shock for you. I wish you could have known sooner. Yes, if only some way existed for them to tell me. Thousands of miles away, before I returned. Maybe some advanced form of communication. Meg! I did want to call you, to have someone else to talk to about her. I know you loved your sister as much as I did, but I think maybe your parents were right. That you needed to hear it from them, face to face. Do you believe them? About Sammy? Believe them? They're acting like it's the obvious answer that Sammy was miserable enough to do this. If you loved Sammy so much, why would she want to hurt herself? Meg, stop. You're being cruel. They're right, but you can't stop. Jake might be the only person hurting as much as you, and you're too scared to feel this pain alone. So spit your acid while you can and regret it later. Honestly, even now I still don't understand it. I don't think I ever will. It doesn't make sense, right? There has to have been some mistake. It wasn't a mistake, Meg. I just don't think we'll ever know why Sammy did what she did. But if there were no reason, maybe my parents are wrong. Maybe they're jumping to conclusions, or saw something wrong, or... They're not wrong. I know it's hard to accept. But how can we be sure that's actually... Because I found her. I'm sure. Can you empathize with him for a moment? Imagine what happened, what he saw. Postulate how he responded with his soft heart and kind eyes. His confusion, his shock, maybe even his denial... Did he walk the same path that you're on now, trying to find all the ways his own eyes deceived him? That maybe it was all wrong and everything was still okay. Still the same life he had the day before. Maybe you can sympathize, acknowledge the greater trauma he experienced. But not right now. I'm so sorry. 
I can't imagine what that must have been like. Are you okay? Thank you. I had a really difficult time at first, and so did your parents, Meg. But it's been getting better. I've found someone to talk to about it, a, a professional. Father Kevin? No. I mean, he offered, but I really wasn't comfortable discussing certain things with him. He did help me find a local therapist, though. He even called to convince Dr. Morgan to accept me as a new patient. I think they were friends before seminary or something. Huh. I'm glad you found someone you trust. Talking to someone can be a scary step, but it's an important one. You're hesitating. You want to ask, but even you know how much it's going to hurt him. So, what's more important? His pain? Or your satisfaction? Jake? What happened? If you found her, I... I assumed one of my parents had. <sighs> Sammy, she... Like you said, she hurt herself. I found her in our bedroom when I got home from work. Don't push yourself if you don't feel like talking about this. Wait, our bedroom? As in yours and hers? Yeah, I, uh... Well, I started staying with her a few months before she... Like I said, there were some things I didn't really feel comfortable talking to a priest about, you know? You're learning so many new things about your big sister, aren't you? When none of it adds up, is it the facts that are wrong? Or do you just not know me as well as you thought you did? Of course. We should really get going. Give you some time with Sammy. You can stay, if you'd like. I didn't mean to cut your time short. But our time together was already cut short. Just not by him. It's fine. It's not fine. We'll see you around, Jacob. Those flowers are lovely. Yeah. I wish I'd come sooner. The last rose wilted faster than I thought. Plastic would last longer. Maybe. But Sammy wasn't plastic. Besides, it gives me a reason to visit often. It helps. Take care. You too. Come on, Mag. But you don't want to go. You want to ask a million questions, to know every detail, to pick apart the minutiae and find the thread that unravels this nightmare. One more thing in a series of things that don't add up. Holy shit. I had no idea he found her. That's so traumatic. Are you okay? No, I... They live together? What the fuck? Maybe Sammy wanted to keep it a secret? I mean, Catherine would flip her shit if she knew. Sammy would never do that. She was Catholic. It's a big no-no. Maybe we should reevaluate our friendship if you care so much about the strict dogma. I didn't. I don't. I mean, if that's the thing she wanted to do, more power to her. It's just... Why didn't I know? Did you ever talk about it? Her and Jacob's relationship? No, but she would have told me about this. She would have. But this is just one more thing that doesn't add up. Sammy loved Jake, so I get it, living together, whatever. 
But if they were living together, then Sammy... Sammy wouldn't hurt herself. Not if she knew that Jake would be the one to find her. She wouldn't do that to him. By definition, the whole act is irrational, Meg. If Sammy wasn't thinking clearly enough to have self-preservation, she wouldn't have thought about the fallout of what she was doing. About what would happen afterwards to the people she left behind. Sammy lived to put other people first. There's no way her conscience would allow her to be so careless with other people's feelings. That's just not who she was. As much as I hate to say it, Catherine was right. This was extremely out of character for her, but that doesn't mean that it's out of the realm of possibility, too. It's just too many things, Ren. Too many little things that just... My gut's saying something's up. And this feeling won't go away until I figure out what it is. You always did trust your gut more than anything. More than what your eyes are showing you. More than what your ears are hearing. But you need to listen to what your heart is saying too, Sister Bear. Because it's starting to break. The last thing I want is for you to end up with shattered pieces that don't fit together anymore. Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis. Executive producer and lead writer, Alexa Fett-Fisher. Producers, Chris Burnside, Megan Burnside, and Carrie Zahn. Audio production, Chris Burnside and Catherine Seaton. Music and score, Catherine Seaton. <laughs>